This is the Pastor Wife Life, a podcast for pastor's wives. Our hope is to bring encouragement and inspiration to your pastor wife life. Life in the ministry is one of the most fulfilling callings there is, but it's also one of the most challenging. We believe that God has uniquely gifted you to fulfill this calling. Our lives will probably not look the same. Our families and churches may be very different, but I think we can all agree that God is good and He is faithful to gently lead us on this journey, providing everything we need to live the pastor wife life. I'm Jackie Garner, host of the Pastor Wife Live podcast, and you're listening to episode number 92, Seven Tips to Get the Most Out of Your Bible Reading Plan. So I was not planning on doing another episode in 2020. I was going to wait till next week, but the last week, my husband and I have been putting together some um, videos and stuff for our church because we've invited them to join us in following along with the one-year Bible reading plan, which is something my husband's been doing every single year for years. I have not. Um, I have been always doing my own reading plan, but this year he's asked me to do the one-year Bible reading plan with him because we feel like it's a really good spot uh, for unity in our church. Because right now, like many of you, we have some people who are attending online only and some people who are attending in person. So it, it feels disconnected in a lot of ways. And we felt like this was one way we could bring some unity into our church. And I know a lot of people around the whole world are doing the one-year Bible reading plan or other reading plans. So I thought, why not? We'll just go ahead and make an episode for we. I don't know who we is. I am we. I'm just going to do one episode for our pastor's wives um, just to encourage them and inspire them. If if they haven't gone through a Bible reading plan before, this may be really helpful. If you've done it many times, you may be like, you're not telling me anything new, but hopefully it'll just, it'll just remind you how exciting it is and inspire, inspire you to get moving and to, to do this Bible reading plan, whether it's the one year Bible reading plan or a separate one. So I've got seven tips to get the most out of it. If you go to thepastorwifelife.com slash 092 as in episode 92, you will find like almost a transcript of this. I am using the notes that I made. They may not be word for word. So don't hold me to that. So I guess we shouldn't call it a transcript. But anyway, you can find notes with the seven tips right there in the the Pastor Wife Life podcast website. Oh my goodness, thepastorwifelife.com slash 092 for this specific episode. All right, let's dive into seven tips. Number one, remember the why. I think that might be the most important part of, of getting ready to do a Bible reading plan. I'm the person who loves checklists. I like to write things down and there's this amazing... Um, what uh, amazing feeling of checking something off. And some of you totally get what I'm saying. Others of you are like, you're weird, but that's okay. I'm okay with that. But that's not why we do the Bible reading plan. I've seen so many beautiful charts and I'm going to have one myself to check off, but that's not why we're doing the Bible reading plan. We don't, we don't read the word so that we can check it off and pat ourselves on the back and sit back and think about how great we are because we accomplished it. The reason why we are following a reading plan at New Vision is, number one, to know who God is. The Word is the best place to get to know who God is and to develop a deeper relationship with Him. Because the more you know about someone, the deeper your relationship goes. And reading the Word in a systematic way helps us to have a greater understanding of who He is, 
shows us a wider picture uh, a wider picture of what he's what he's done what he's doing and what he's going to do and it just helps us to understand him better and it also reminds us of who we are because of him and reveals our purpose. It helps us really to set our focus on eternal things. And then it gives us wisdom to live the life that we have here on earth. So that's number one. Remember the why. Number two is choose a time and a place. And I've been asked this so many times. Is when should I read my Bible? Is morning the only time? And I want to say yes and no. For most people, morning does seem to be the best time because it's if you get up a little bit earlier then you have to to get ready for work or whatever for get ready for your day. You're going to have so many less interruptions at, say, six o'clock in the morning than at lunchtime. However, I know some people have their quiet time and have a really decent, respectable quiet time right there in their maybe their car um, during their lunch break at work or whatever. They just that's the time for me. I do choose the morning, but there was a time in my life when I had my quiet time late at night, not late, late, but I mean, at night, I was just the most wide awake and alert at night. So that worked for me. I probably drove my husband nuts because I'd have the bed full of my Bible and my journal and my pens and all the things probably drove him nuts. But anyway, I am no longer now that I'm in my 50s, I am no longer a night person. But I can't really say I'm a morning person either. But that's why I do not get out of bed first thing in the morning and open my Bible and start reading. And I am amazed and impressed and in awe of people who do that. But I get up in the morning and don't judge y'all, but I drink my Diet Coke and I just kind of sit there and sit there and sit there while I drink that Coke and try to start coming alive. Then I maybe get dressed, but probably not going to get dressed because, well, you know, 2020 and honestly, even before 2020. Okay. I hardly ever get dressed if I don't have to. Then I make breakfast because y'all, I'm hungry the second my eyeballs open in the morning. So I make breakfast. So all that takes like an hour. By the second hour of my day, I'm ready to sit down with my Bible and my notebook and my journal, journal, my Bible, my journal, my pens and everything. And I'm ready to go. So yeah, for me, morning is the best time. Whatever time you choose, just commit to it stay focused, show up, be ready to receive. And, and um, don't, you don't feel bad about when your time is because it's okay. What works for you and the Lord is between you two. And he will bless it. If you get behind in a Bible reading plan in the like the one year Bible reading plan is seven days a week. And it is about 15 minutes of reading time. So it's not it's not a lot of reading time. I usually take a lot longer because I like to, I'll, you know, I'll latch onto a verse or a word or something and go. That's why it took me an entire year to go through Psalms, which is only 150 chapters only. I say that like it's no big deal, but 150 chapters. But because I take some days, like Psalm 119 is the longest Psalm in the Bible, of course, and, or longest chapter in the whole Bible. And that, I actually think I spent 23 days going through each little section. I loved it. It was so good. Psalm, Psalm was good. If, if you need a reading plan and you're not going to do the one-year Bible reading plan, I highly recommend just reading through the Psalms one by one, taking your time through it. It's a great thing to do. Anyway, let me not get off track. But if you do miss out and you're going to miss, you're going to miss. I mean, that's just a normal part of life. At least I think it is. 
Um, it has proven to be that way for me, for my husband, who's extremely disciplined in this. Um, but you are going to miss a time. That's when the enemy is going to come in and try to discourage you. And that's what happened to me a couple years ago when I tried to do the one-year Bible reading plan. I got hopelessly behind and I, it just kind of paralyzed me. I was so discouraged. I knew I was never going to catch up and I just quit. And then finally I picked myself up, pulled myself together and did a different, I, I modified my reading plan for me and that worked. But if you, if you fall behind, don't stress, don't give up, just keep going, read extra when you can and, and try to get caught up because I'm telling you, you will love it. Decide the place where you're going to read. Now this I feel like is pretty flexible for people. It, it just may be how you like and when I lived in Florida, my quiet time was most of the time out on my patio, unless it was too hot, the occasional like one day a year where it was too cold or whatever, um, I would not. So that that's always been kind of flexible to me. Right now, my quiet time takes place at my desk. Now, I love the idea of sitting in a cozy armchair with a blankie and my cup of coffee in my hand. I love that picture. First of all, I don't have an armchair like that. And second of all, I like to have the table to write on because I take a ton of notes, I underline, I highlight, I do all that stuff, and I need a desk. So I like to sit at my desk. I have my little craftsman caddy. Some of you saw the picture of it on the um, Pastor Wife Live Facebook group. Um, and you can't buy those anymore, I guess. But I have a pink craftsman tool caddy that I've turned into my Bible study quiet time basket. It holds my Bible, my journal, my pens, all the things I need, post-it notes, all sorts of stuff. And I like to have that ready to go there on my desk. And that's where I have my quiet time. So whatever works for you, it may be if you are a mom of young kids, and this used to be me, I would go in my master bedroom and shut the door and then I'd go in the master bathroom and shut the door and then I would go in the toilet room and shut the door. So there were three layers of, of privacy between me and the kids and that worked. So whatever you do, make it work. So just choose your time, choose your place and then commit to it. And I promise you, God will show up and God will bless your investment however however it works for you. Number three, use a print Bible and this I don't know how that how you feel about that when I said that, because a lot of us use our Bible apps. I have the Bible app on my phone and I love it. I use it all the time. But science has shown in multiple studies that you absorb way more from a printed text than you do from a digital. And that makes sense to me because we're kind of trained to look at our phones in a skimming we just scan, we just rush through things, we, you know, fly scrolling on Facebook and Instagram through things that are interesting to us and we stop there, but we keep, you know, we just, we don't really uh, capture everything that's going on when we are using our phones. So makes sense to me that science backs it up that we should use a print Bible. So I actually love having a print Bible. It helps me to be way more engaged holding my Bible in my hand. I like a Bible with wide margins. Last year, I in the year before, I used my She Reads Truth Bible. I absolutely love that Bible. It has fantastic margins for you to write in. But since I'm doing the one-year Bible reading plan, I decided to go ahead and get the journaling version of the one-year Bible. I will link to that in the show notes because it has nice wide margins and a place for me to take notes. I love to do that. So use that print Bible. Uh, but I do. This is how I use the Bible app. I use it like when I'm on the run and I'm like, what is that verse I'm trying to remember? And I'll look it up. But I also use it in my quiet time. Sometimes I don't do this all the time. 
But a lot of times, especially if I can tell that I'm drowsy or I am having a hard time focusing, I will open my Bible app to the same passage that I'm reading and I will play it so I can listen to it and look at it in my Bible. And there's something kind of awesome about that. I don't know, it just helps for at least for me, it helps my brain really, really, really focus on what I'm doing. So I like to do that. Um, I'll put a link in the, did I say this already? Probably. I'll put a link in the show notes uh, to the Bible that I'm using and a couple other different ones that work. My daughter is using, she's 16. She's going to be doing this too. She found, I found at McKay used bookstore, a brand new one year Bible, a journaling version that has, um, it's a pretty one. It has some art like in the sides, decorative on some of the pages in the margins and it's really pretty. And she said that she wanted to use that one. So she's going to be using that one, but I'll put some links in the show notes to some of the Bibles that I've seen. So you can also just use a regular, your own Bible and print out the plan. Again, I'll put that in the show link, show show notes. I'm having a rough time today. It's the last day of 2020. So I don't even know right now. Um, there's, but there's a printed Bible. They've, they've given you a printed plan so you can follow along in your everyday Bible. If that's what you want to do, that'll work too. So number one, remember your why. Number two, choose a time and place. Number three, use a print Bible. And number four, keep a journal. Oh guys, back when I was a teenager, I used to babysit. I think I've talked about her on the podcast before, but I used to babysit for a lady named Carolyn and she was a Oh, she was such a woman after God's own heart. And she had just a simple three ring notebook like you have for school and simple notebook paper. And she had these pens. I can't think of what they're called, but I loved those pens. And I used to always write with them too, because I wanted to be just like her. But I watched her write her Bible study notes, write her prayers out in this, in, on this, in this notebook. And so I've been doing that as a, since I was a teenager off and on, not super consistent in some of the, some seasons, but I've always done that. Now my journal, I probably spend way too much, not way too much time on it, but way more time than you need to. I, I love to spend time in writing in my journal, but I've kept a journal, like I said, for uh, off and on for the last 30 something years. And the one that I, I used this year for 2020, I started a brand new one at the beginning of 2020. And this I know is going to be a treasure for me because 2020 has been such a crazy year. And um, I take I take notes, I will write the date and I'll write the passage that I'm reading. And then I write things like things that jumped out at me. I kind of categorize the Psalms. I think I might have talked about this in another episode, but like there were certain things I was looking for in the Psalms, like truth about God, declarations that were made prayer requests that were in there, praises that were in there. And I'd, I kind of highlighted them in a different colors. And then I'd go back and I'd fill out my journal and I'd write those different things. You know, if I saw uh, David's declarations, I put those all together in one spot. So you may want to look for truth about the father, the son, and the Holy spirit. You may want to look for promises or commands or guidelines that tell us how to live uh, life the way God intended for us to live. Or maybe there's warnings uh, in there that you want to write down. One of the things I think is the most important thing to do is respond to what you just read and how you're going to walk it out in your daily life, in your personal life. And then is there a declaration that in there, is there a declaration of the truth of who God is or the truth of his power over a situation in your life, a truth over who your identity, um, make those declarations. I like to make declarations over that based completely hundred percent on the word. So when I saw them, especially in Psalms, there's so many, I would, I would write those out in my journal. 
as a declaration to speak over me or my family or our church or our community or whatever. So that was super, I love going back even now, just it's even though it's just still, we're still in the same year, I like going back and looking at those things that I wrote down. And then finally, as you're writing these things down, one of the benefits of that is it helps you to remember, it like really seals what you read that day. And then I can't tell you how many times I have read something in the morning, which is, this is another um, point for reading in the morning. I've read something in the morning, gone somewhere during the day, and I God has used that scripture that I read to minister to someone that I ran into or somebody I had a meeting with or something. So that's been pretty amazing. So I'm always kind of looking for that too. How can I encourage other people with the word that I just received? So that's number four, keep a journal. Number five, reading the word and prayer go together. That's obvious. But I have found it to be so effective to start my Bible reading time. For me, I have kind of a reading time, a study time, and a prayer time. But when I sit down to read, it's I have found it to be so helpful to stop and pray before I even start reading. Psalm 119, 18 that's where the psalmist asks, God, open the eye, open the, my eyes so I can see the wonders of your word. Sometimes that's that's the prayer. Most of the time, that's the prayer I pray right before I start. Other times when I'm tired, I don't want to, to do my Bible reading. I'm grumpy. I'm angry. Who knows? Whatever is going on with me, I take the time and tell God that. Because anytime there's all that between me and him, there's a wall there and my Bible reading time is not going to be, it's not going to draw me closer to God if I have a bad attitude. So a lot of times I will start my Bible reading time with just telling him how I feel. Um, and you know, God can handle all that. And then when you admit it to him, that opens the door for him to come in and do some transformation in your heart. So start your Bible reading with prayer and then end it with prayer. And again, this is separate from like my quote unquote prayer time. But I a lot of times will pray, depending on how much time I have, I will pray through everything I just wrote down, everything I read. I will pray, especially in the Psalms, a lot of times I would just out loud pray those things back to him. But I close out my prayer time talking to God. i calling it prayer, but really it's just dialoguing with God about what I just read and how he wants me to respond to it and, and, how, I, and how I'm choosing to respond to it. So that's been super helpful. Even when it's been stuff like, God, I don't understand what this is even in the Bible for. And God, I don't even like what I just read. I don't like it. You know what? Again, God can handle it and he will help you work through that to a place where the Holy Spirit um, can bring some transformation to your life. Number six, don't compare your journey with anyone else's. I did this for so many years. I would hear about other people um, reading their Bible and all the great things they got out. And I'd be like, I read that passage before and I did not get that out of it. What's wrong with me? Don't compare yourself because we all know the Bible is alive and it's it's active and it is able to pierce through layers and layers and layers of what is is in there. And so it doesn't matter how many times say you read I don't know, John 15, that's one of my favorite passages. How many times I read through John 15, every time the Holy Spirit may speak to me in a totally different way, something I've never seen before, or maybe it's something I haven't seen for a while, even though I've read that passage multiple times. It's so amazing how God does that. It's just incredible. So 
my journey isn't the same as anyone else's journey. So what the Holy Spirit speaks to me isn't going to be the same as he speaks to other people. The word is going to hit me differently at different points in my life. So just just know that and, and relax and don't worry about what somebody else is getting out of the word, especially if this is the first time you've ever read through the whole Bible, because there are some places in the word that I've, I've been reading the word for many, many years, and I'm really not sure why it's in there, but I know it's in there for a purpose. And I just, I will, God will reveal it to me at some point, either here on earth or in eternity. But there really are some days where you're going to be like, uh, what did I just read? Especially when I was reading through the Psalms, there were some days where all I wrote was the date and what I read. And sometimes maybe a sentence or a question that said, what did I just read? It's going to happen to the best of us. It's going to happen to those of us who've been reading the Bible for decades and those who are just starting out. So, so so just know that going in, there's going to be times when it's, you're tired, maybe you're just tired, and you're not focusing clearly, and you just don't get anything out of it. But I can tell you this, that when you stay faithful to God's word, God is faithful to show you exactly what he wants you to see. Because you are unique, and he created you with a unique purpose. And he's going to personalize the word just for you. So hang on to that. And don't compare yourself and your journey to other people's journey. Finally, number seven, find an accountability partner. I literally was writing the notes to this when somebody in the group, Olivia, uh, in the Facebook group, messaged me right then. And she said, hey, I'm, I wanted to know if I could promote or not promote this, but I wanted to know if I could share this Facebook group that I'm starting about reading through the Bible in 2021. Is it OK if I share that? I was like, oh, my goodness, what perfect timing. So she started a group. I will link that in the show notes because one of the things that's so good is having an accountability partner. So I shared, I think at the beginning of this podcast episode that my husband and I are going to be doing 52 weeks, 52 Fridays this year. We're going to take and we're going to chit chat back and forth about what we got out of the word on a Facebook live. So that is sort of a level of accountability for our church, but well, it's definitely one for me and PD because we're going to be doing this every week. But I'm hoping that there will be that sense of unity and that we're all doing this. And so people will get excited about it. So that's one level of accountability. And then invite your family to do this with you. Where our 16-year-old is going to be reading along with us. She's actually going to come into some of the videos we're going to do for the church. And I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. Um, I say that now, but I know there's going to be hard days. But it is going to be good. And then... One of the best ways is just to find somebody else that you can say, hey, will you keep me accountable? I'll keep you accountable if you want. And know that like you're going to text them after your reading time is done and you're going to say done. And then if you don't text that done to them, they have the permission to call you out on it. That's a great way to stay accountable. Another thing I'm going to do is I've opened up a WhatsApp group with my church ladies and um, they're going to whoever wants to be a part of that it's going to be kind of the same thing they're going to just comment done when they've read their 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 stuff for the day and if they want to share something that God showed them that's great but the most important part is just the accountability and then I'm going to come after them if I don't get it done from them so I'm excited about doing that um, accountability is uh that's really that's a really good way to keep going because you are going to have days where you just either got because you've gotten behind or you're just tired and you just don't want to do it. And I know that it's not about I don't want to have a relationship with God. Obviously, that's not why. But we get distracted, we get tired, we get discouraged, whatever the thing is. 
having an accountability partner will really help you through that. So I hope this was helpful. I probably talked really fast because this is like the 10th time I have gone through this because I messed it up on our church video so many times. And this is like the third time I've tried to make this podcast episode. So anyway, I hope this was helpful to you. I'd love to know what your tips are. I actually asked our Facebook group if they had any tips. And one of the ladies said she was reading through the chronological one, your Bible. And so that was what I was planning on doing this year before my husband stepped in and said, hey, would you do this with me as a show of unity? He didn't say it like that, but that was the heart behind it. So I ended up saying, all right, I'm just going to do that. And that that's what we're doing this year. So, but the chronological one year Bible is the same. It's divided up into daily readings, but it's according to actually when it happened, because there's a lot of, lot of parallels in the, in like even the Old Testament, there's stories, um, about all the about Israel's history and you read it in one book and then you read it in another book later. So they combine it into a chronological form. So you're getting things as they came in history. And I really love that. I love that idea. So maybe next year, maybe next year we can do it like that at our church. But anyway, that's another option available to you. So thank you, Cindy, for sharing that idea. It was so good. But if you are going to be reading through the Bible this year, join join Olivia's group. The link, like I said, will be in the show notes. Let us know in the comments that you're going to be reading. And I think I'll probably be bringing this up in the Facebook group um, every week, too, and just asking people what they've gotten out of their Bible reading that week. I think that would be a, a small level of accountability, but there it is. So if you are not a part of the Facebook group, I'd love to invite you over to join that. That link will be in the show notes, or you can search for the Pastor Wife Life in uh, Facebook and make sure you choose the group and not the page. I mean, you can join the page. That's fine. Like the page, but join the group because that's where everything is happening. There's like almost 6,000 other pastor's wives in there. So you're bound to find somebody who understands exactly where you are in your pastor wife life. Well, that's it for this episode of the podcast. I want to wish each and every one of you a very happy, happy and blessed new year. And I am believing that God has some great things for us in this new year. And I'm very grateful for what um, what I've learned in 2020, but I'm happy to see it go like most of us. So I'm thankful. I will stop and reflect on all the good that God has done. And there was a lot of good, but I am glad to see it go. And I'm ready to turn the page tomorrow and start a brand new year. And I know you are too. So y'all, let's get excited about what God has for us in 2021. And let's get out there and enjoy every bit of our pastor wife life. <music>